Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trading relatively flat this morning as investors assess the latest political and COVID-19 developments in the U.S. and here in Asia. Tokyo is trading marginally higher, up a tenth of a percent. Japan is reportedly planning to expand its state of emergency. Seoul is in positive territory as well, but Sydney is trending lower. Joining me now as we discuss the latest market developments, he's Ryan Wang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Happy hump day. Yep. Can't wait to get it over with. Now, we're going to start this morning in Washington, D.C., where the U.S. House of Representatives is expected to vote this morning, Singapore time, on a measure calling on U.S. Vice President Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. That would set in motion a process to remove U.S. President Donald Trump from office. Now, at the same time, momentum is building for a second impeachment of the U.S. president. Even some key Republicans are indicating their support for this. Ryan catches up. What's the latest? <laughs> well, this is moving so fast, I am just struggling to catch up. So mm. if, like you mentioned, they are going to vote on e- impeaching Donald Trump. And so far, going by indications, um, Mike Pence has said he is not going to invoke the 25th Amendment, even if they vote for it. So it is going to be interesting to see what that's, how that's going to play out because it just could mean more turmoil and uncertainty in U.S. politics. And I'm not sure if actually Mike Pence can do so. So that is, well, his opinion. And I'm just watching very closely to see how this unfolds in the next few hours. So the three House Republicans now publicly support Trump's impeachment over last week's violence in the U.S. Capitol. The U.S. president, meanwhile, made a trip overnight to Texas to highlight construction of a half-finished wall on the U.S. border. Speaking with reporters, he expressed no remorse over his role in inciting last week's violence. All right, what are market analysts saying exactly about Trump's removal from office? Is it a non-issue given he only has about a week left or are there concerns about threats perhaps of additional violence in the days ahead? Yeah, going by reports, there are indeed some news or expectations or speculation that you could be seeing a repeat of what we saw. And this is from the FBI warning that there are plans underway for armed protests across the country in the days leading up to uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. So that could be in store and that's what the FBI is bracing for. And once again, this is all around the, I guess, what Donald Trump has been saying. And the thing is, you've got people saying he should be out of office now, even though he still has a few days to go because of the type of impact he can deliver with the words he says. So they are also thinking that even though the impeachment process could be long drawn out, it could take weeks or even months, it is still going to be symbolic and that is worth doing because they want him to be accountable and also to block any future avenue for him to come back into politics again. So that is uh, something that's being considered as part of the whole equation into what to do next. Uh, in terms of, I guess, market impact, um, I've, looking at what markets have been doing in the past week, they pretty much shook off what's been going on in Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. And they've been focused on other things like COVID-19, what Joe Biden is going to do, and what's going to happen with interest rates. So if you talk, talk about what's going to happen next, Tomorrow is one to watch because Joe Biden is set to unveil his blueprint for fiscal stimulus. So that will be to the tune, as he promised, 
trillions of dollars. So what's going to happen or what sectors will benefit from that is going to be uh, the next thing I think markets will be watching out for. Yeah, markets have been charging ahead on optimism of the future, haven't they? Let's take a closer look at US stocks now. Wall Street capped a wobbly day of overnight trade with modest gains. Treasury yields also extended their recent rally. But the real star seems to be small caps, which are outpacing the rest of the market by a wide margin. Roy, what do you make of this? <laughs> okay, it's uh, very interesting to see how markets have been moving and just to wrap things up, most of the Wall Street benchmarks squeezed out small gains and even a Dow just narrowly missing out on a new record. And the Russell 2000 small cap index hit a new record. It was up 1.7%. So this suggests that maybe there is a pocket of investors in interested in the US thinking that the small caps are going to benefit from what's to come. That means more fiscal stimulus, a recovery in the economy, and this all means policy support for mom-and-pop stores, more support for small businesses, and maybe that's one reason why uh, you are seeing a bit of a run-up right now. And also worth noting, we are going to be seeing earnings season coming up uh, this Friday with the US banks set to announce their numbers. So that could be another catalyst for markets, especially if rising rates could be beneficial for banks. So that could be the start of a new, I guess, wave of good news. Mm, the Russell 2000 index of small caps powering up 36.95 points to a record high, leading the market in recent weeks. Investors see them as uh, main benefiters from a healthy economy compared to those larger BMR stocks. Now, I want to turn now to Malaysia, where Prime Minister Muhyiddin Yassin has suspended parliament for the first time since 1969. Now, this comes as Malaysia's king declared a state of emergency to curb the spread of COVID-19. This is state of emergency is set to last until August the 1st, although the palace says it may be lifted earlier, depending on the state of COVID-19 infections. So Ryan, how are markets reacting to this piece of news? Yeah, when this was announced yesterday, markets in Malaysia and its currency were under pressure. So we are talking about the Malaysian ringgit versus the US dollar, uh, weakening for the ringgit down as much as 0.5%. And we are looking at the KLCI index at one point down by as much as 1.4% before closing lower by 0.3%. So that is likely to continue to be under pressure as we see the ripple effects being digested from by investors. And of course, with the MCO and the state of emergency, it means some of the business activities will be restricted. So only five economically sensitive or economically important sectors will be allowed to run. That means you are going to see possibly growth in Malaysia being impacted. You are going to probably be seeing to some extent, even in Singapore, the supply of labour, Malaysian workers coming to Singapore, that could be another problem in terms of a bottleneck. So we could see higher costs here for some of the um, companies here that rely on foreign labour, such as the FMB outlets. So Absolutely. that could be one to watch. And on top of that, you have prices of goods going up, such as the raw ingredients because of the rainy season. So fish and vegetables, those prices going up ahead of the new year already, Chinese New Year. So that will be a very tough um, month ahead for businesses and to some extent consumers as well. Mm, 
better plan ahead for those Chinese New Year steamboats. Our Prime Minister Muhyiddin has assured Malaysia he's not staging a military coup, but his opponents say otherwise. He's come under quite a barrage of criticism, uh, some arguing that the nation's first state of emergency since the 1960s is simply a power grab. Meanwhile, Ryan, what are analysts saying about how the state of emergency may impact Singapore? Yeah, besides the labour bottleneck, some of the economists have been um, painting or downplaying to some extent the potential impact on Singapore's economy because um, to some extent, we have been through the MCO last year. So businesses have been able to adapt to it, have made alternative plans, even the supply chain disruptions may not be as much because since then, Singapore has uh, negotiated with Malaysia on the critical goods, the lanes that have to be open to let that continue, as well as secured alternative sources of those um, supplies that are important for us. So that, in terms of disruption, won't be as much possibly as the previous MCO because the impact or at least the expectations of what is going to happen is already there. So that is, I guess, for Malaysia, the impact is not significant. But it is something to keep an eye out for because it's reflective of what's happening with COVID-19. It could just mean another country or another key trading partner for Singapore could go back into lockdown and that would you know, just mean more economies in lockdown and all in Singapore having... Uh, its prospects for trade and growth being dampened even more if that happens and we see a spike in cases elsewhere. So expecting limited impact for the manufacturing chains and the supply mm. chains, which to some extent which should have already been worked out or worked around. That's right. From impeachment in the US to Malaysia's state of emergency, there's a lot of hefty topics for investors to digest. So let's bring a bit of levity to the conversation. Uh, this is uh, one of our segments here in Market View where we bring out the sharks and then later on we bring out Kaya Toast. <laughs> Should Ryan be victorious? It's a game called Up or Down. So I name an asset or an item. Ryan tells us which way it's moving, up or down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Lucasfilm Singapore. I would say this is up because its property is up for sale, at least going by reports from the Business Times. And this is going possibly to US private equity group, Blackstone Group. So they could be buying the iconic sand crawler facility in Buena Vista. And of course, that building is where the regional headquarters for Lucasfilm Singapore is. You see, this is a case of glass half full, half empty. So I see it as down because how could it be up if it's selling its flagship offices here in Singapore? Blackstone buying sand crawlers, you say $175 million. Mm, Depends how you look at it. We'll let the sharks decide. Uh, GIC. GIC, well, it's a bit of a mix of both as well. It was the most active state-owned investor for the second year running in 2020. But the amount it deployed was lower than 2019. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was $17.7 billion in 65 deals. That is lower than $24 billion in, in 2019. So, up and down. Can I so now both? you're walking the plank. <laughs> Are you up and down? I see it as up. For the second year running GIC, the most state-owned uh, investor in the world, it made 65 deals last year, worth more than $17 billion US dollars. All right, next, uh, property sales in Singapore. Okay, property, always a popular investment for Singaporeans. And this is up for resale transactions for non-landed private homes. That was up 
10,712 properties in 2020. So despite COVID-19, wow. Property powered ahead. Yeah, I see it as up as well. And new home sales jumped nearly 60% in December as compared with a month earlier. And they are expected to come in at around 10,000 for the year. Next up, Boeing. Yeah, Boeing's having a tough start to the year after Mm. a tough year. And we've got the latest more cancellations for its 737 MAX and more delayed deliveries for its planes. And... (laughs) It is going to be a lot of turbulence with um, so many negative headlines around Boeing. The recent one, of course, is the um, plane that uh, reportedly crashed. There was a Boeing plane as well, 737-500, not a MAX, but still Boeing. So a lot of ne- negative headlines starting the um, year for Boeing. Yeah, I'd say down for Boeing, no doubt as well. Next, uh, let's look at Zoom. Zoom is up because it is trying to raise... $1.5 billion in a secondary sale. So trying to raise money to possibly make more acquisitions or strategic investments. Yep, I'd say up for Zoom as well, given those plans to sell new shares worth $1.5 billion US dollars at 10 times the IPO price. Next, General Motors. Well, General Motors is up because its share price jumped after it said it's going into the electric commercial delivery business. Mm -hmm. So making EVs for the likes of FedEx. Yeah, GM shares jumped overnight to their highest level in a decade on the back of that news. All right, time to check in on local markets at 19 minutes past nine. Now, last Friday, the Straits Times Index came within a few points of the 3,000 mark. This week, though, it's been inching away from that level. Yesterday, the Blue Chip Index fell uh, about a quarter percent to 29.77. How is it looking this morning, Ryan? Any signs of a rally? Yeah, so the STI last closed on a two-day losing streak. And in the opening minutes, we have it up by 0.3%, 2,986. And some of the notable movers, we've been tracking CDL for the longest time. It was on a seven-day losing streak. And yesterday, it finally broke it. Uh, So that was good news, at least for CDL, up 2% yesterday. So looking at the opening uh, minutes, let's take a look at how CDDEV is doing. It's continuing um, to go up by 0.7%, $7.38. One of the top losers yesterday was Singapore Airlines. And taking a quick look at SIA, uh, it was now... It's now up by $1 or 1.2% at $4.29. Yesterday, it was one of the top losers, down 1.4% because of reports that it's sounding out investors for its first US dollar bond. So those stocks so far are the um, ones that stand out for me. All right, that's your whirlwind tour of markets so far. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with me here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.